My deep desire this morning is that we will go away with this huge realization of how much we need him. And so we'll be intentional about creating space for him in our lives. Oh, how we need you, Lord. So it's the middle of July, and it's half past six on a cold winter's evening. I'm on top of Montessauces, a beautiful mountain in the Drakensberg that's about 3,282 meters in elevation. And um, I'm busy eating supper, and the first mouthful was delicious, it was boiling hot. But before I finished my supper, it was freezing cold because it was minus 12 degrees. It was freezing. And um, as I'm eating, I, I paused and I came to this horrid realization. I am going to die tonight. I don't have a winter sleeping bag. I have a thin little summer sleeping bag and I don't have adequate clothing. But I didn't have what was essential for being on top of that mountain. And it was quite scary. Now, uh, I spent the longest, most uncomfortable night of my life and cold. The only part of me that was slightly less cold was the part that was next to my neighbor. And so I tossed and turned, you know, to, to just try and be as close to them as I could be. Now, if, if you were going on a mountain hike um, into perilous terrain and tricky weather, I'm sure you would have what is essential. The food, the water, uh, the winter sleeping bag, uh, warm clothing, a working GPS, charged cell phone, uh, a first aid kit. I'm sure you'd have what's necessary so that if bad weather kicked in or there was an injury, you would be able to survive and get off that mountain. Now, for, through many, many through the years have likened following Jesus to a journey. And those of us who've chosen to follow him are on that journey. We have experienced those exhilarating, high mountaintop experiences with him and the inevitable deep and dark valleys. But what is that one thing that's essential on this journey with Jesus? In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, Jesus gives an answer to us as to what is essential. We read that as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, Dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. You know, over years of hearing this story, I have deep sympathy for Martha. I'm sure you've experienced this. Guests are coming over, and you frantically... Um, kind of packing things away, tidying the house so that it's presentable, making sure the meal will be ready on time and warm enough, and 
washing the dishes and everything that needs to be done. And, um, or maybe you're busy with a work deadline and you're frantically doing everything it takes to be ready. And there are other people who, who could be helping who's sitting on the sideline chatting, laughing and connecting. And so the anger and the irritation starts boiling inside at this kind of unfairness and it erupts in angry words. And when we're confronted here by Jesus' words in this situation, one thing only is necessary. And I grapple with this because sitting at Jesus' feet for me is so contrary to my nature. It's easier to be busy and active. Not only that, it's contrary to the, our culture. Um, we have a very noisy, distracting culture. Um, you know, if you, if you tell people, you know, what are they, how was your weekend? Oh, no, I just chilled. You know, it's like wrong. You should be busy. Also, we have tasks that need to be done, deadlines that won't wait, texts and emails that need to be answered, bills that have got to be paid, family that needs to be fed. And, you know, on top of that, I must exercise to be healthy. And so the list just goes on and on and on. But Jesus cuts right through my excuses. He cuts right through my personality and right through all of these deadlines and tasks and says one thing only is essential. Hospitality in biblical times was very important. Um, both Mary and Martha happily welcomed Jesus into their homes, but then Martha was distracted. The Greek word used here for distraction has the connotation of being pulled or dragged in different directions. She was being pulled or dragged away by the tasks that she needed to complete and by her worries around those tasks. We're not told what it was, but it's likely she was preparing a meal for all the guests. However, what is most essential when you have guests? Rich often reminds me of this, so I'll, I'll sneak into the kitchen to put a dirty plate in the dishwasher and then I'll get distracted and I'll start packing the whole dishwasher and the food in the fridge and, you know, all kinds of things. And he'll come and he'll whisper in my ear, Cindy, let's do this later. Come be with our guests. And Jesus reproves Martha in the same way, gently calling her name twice, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? pulled away by all these many distractions. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She's undistracted and I won't take that privilege from her. Jesus singles out that Mary chose the better way. She was enthralled by him. She sat at his feet, resting there, lingering there, listening to what he had to say. It was just Jesus and Mary. And Mary behaves in a very countercultural way. For women in her day, actually in that environment, men and women would have been separate. Not only that, women of her day didn't have the privilege of sitting at a rabbi's feet learning from him. Yet Jesus praises her for her choice. He elevates her and says, this won't be taken away, this sitting at my feet. What does it represent for us today to sit at Jesus' feet? Well, I think there probably are as many descriptions of sitting at Jesus' feet as there are personalities in this room. How best do you connect with Jesus and hear from Jesus and talk to Jesus? 
What does that look like? But some of the definitions are sitting and listening to his word. It expresses this intimate relationship between a disciple and the teacher. Or it represents worship, or it depicts humility, that the honor reserved for an almighty, all-powerful God. But one of my favorite interpretations of this is in, it, it's defined in, in the light of hospitality, which is giving gracious attention to the guest. But sadly, Martha was so distracted and dragged away by her tasks and her anxieties that she wasn't giving gracious attention to Jesus. As followers of Jesus, you and I have welcomed him in, into the home of our lives uh, because we trusted in his death on the cross to save us from our sins through faith. And so we have his ever-present uh, divine presence with us as our guest. And he invites us to this essential pause, to sit at his feet in humility and to give him our gracious attention. But we, like Martha, we're dragged away. We're too busy, we're too tired, we're too entertained, we're too distracted or overwhelmed or anxious to make time for that which is vital, it's essential, needful in our relationship with him. Our bodies won't survive long without food or water. And so each of us every day choose to stop, to drink, to eat, so that we sustain our lives. Mary chose Jesus as her good portion. He sustained her spiritually, and if you and I are going to survive and thrive as Christ followers, we need to hear Jesus telling us today, depend on me. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my, my heart and my portion forever. He is our portion, he is our food and our drink. We'll thrive on the spiritual journey if we depend on him. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so we need to intentionally create space where we can allow our spiritual hunger and thirst to be met and fed and filled in Jesus. Because if we don't, everything else will pull us away from him and from his ways. I love the way Lisa Chan illustrates this. Imagine that God invited you to this great banquet. You see a magnificent table overflowing with spiritual food. Everything you really need is on that table. Comfort, wisdom, peace, love, worth, joy, victory, forgiveness, truth, patience, and the list goes on. God's heart is that you would sit down at the table with him. Eat as much as you need to walk away deeply satisfied and equipped with everything good for doing his will. But so many of us don't sit and eat. We may dash in for a quick bite, but the little burst of energy fizzles out pretty quickly. We may stand outside the door waiting for others who have had their fill to come and give us some leftovers. This is not only lazy, it makes no sense when we are given a personal invitation. Sadly, I picture many of us crawling around under the table, picking up crumbs, wondering why we feel so spiritually weak and empty. 
Come to the bountiful table. Sit with your generous Lord and feed your starving soul. Through this Bible passage, I really think Jesus gently asks all of us this morning, why are you wasting your time and your energy on things that distract you and pull you away from me? Things that leave you weak, empty, and broken. When I invite you to spend time giving me your full attention, as this is the only essential thing for your health, your wholeness, your peace, your perspective, and your purpose. In me, you will find everything that you need for life and for godliness. And I think this morning, it's so vital for us to address this why question. Why do we know it's essential? Why aren't we sitting at that banquet, eating of all those good things that he provides for us? Many of us have heard this passage over and over and over. We know that it's important to sit at Jesus' feet. We know it's the one essential thing. Yet if you look at our lives and how we prioritize things, you know, we think it's enough maybe for two services on a Sunday, twice a month, or, you know, once a week in a life group, or, hey, let me just, you know, plug into the verse of the day once in a blue moon. That's how we practice what we hear and know is essential. And this isn't helping our spiritual health and our growth. We're weak and we're not satisfied. So I know there are lots of reasons for this, um, but I think it's so vital that we look at the reasons because we don't want to be stuck up a creek without a paddle. Um, and, and like me on Montessauces without the winter sleeping bag, it's not a comfortable place to be. And the river of life is very tumultuous. And we need what is most essential. If I had paused and kind of thought, mm, why don't I have a winter sleeping bag for this planned trip? I might have then dealt with how to overcome that. I would have then kind of gone, oh, on a student's income, I need to save for so many months and I can get a sleeping bag or loan one or whatever the answer is so that I'd had what is essential. So please know this morning, when I speak about our reasons why, it's not a guilt thing, but it's to help us identify so that we can grab hold of what is essential. Firstly, we like Martha, we're pulled away by distractions and worries. Other things so consume our lives and overtake our lives that there just isn't place for this most important relationship. You know, we spend hours on Netflix or TikTok or our phones or worrying about our kids um, with our to-do lists or our work responsibilities. And they pull us away from sitting at Jesus' feet. Uh, I asked a friend when I was preparing for the sermon, so what pulls you away from sitting at Jesus' feet? And she mentioned how she needs a tidy space to connect with him. And so what she starts doing is tidying up. And if, if she's anything like me, you know, I tidy up here and then I move that to there and that's a mess, so I need to tidy there and then something belongs there and eventually it morphs and it takes away any time that I would have had. And that's what she says happens to her. That things pull her away from that time. Some family members mentioned to me, for them it's entertainment or laziness. 
We know this is important, yet we don't create space in our lives for this invite to be at the banqueting table that Jesus offers us. So I want to try and illustrate this with um, a very well-known object lesson, and also from my own life. So I, I wake up in the morning and I determine I'm gonna connect with Jesus. And I pick up my phone, first mistake, and I'm gonna go on my Bible app. And um, as I look, that little red, enticing, irresistible notification that I want gone, I'm like, ooh, okay. And I open WhatsApp, it might be that important message. Open WhatsApp and it's the meme for the day and I laugh and then another WhatsApp has come through and I go to that WhatsApp and, you know, and, and I don't know about you, it could even be Facebook, Facebook Messenger or something and I just, I go down this rabbit hole and I fill up that time and then I determine after I kind of, oh, I was going to be reading my Bible so I get ready to open my Bible app again, one of my kids runs into the room and says, mom, we gotta pay that varsity bill like urgently. And so I can quickly pay the bill and, and then I'm, I'm sitting there and I go, oh, it's gonna rain later today, the washing needs to be on the line before it rains and da so I hang up the washing and I unpack the dishwasher and I go for that walk that I need and on and on and on it goes. And so this Duplo represents that sitting at Jesus' feet. There's no room, it won't fit. And I'm sure you can relate to this. Sometimes things happen that are out of, out of our control. Um, we're, we've decided at lunchtime and at work, we're gonna pause and just encounter, engage with Jesus. And our boss runs into the office and makes his lack of planning our emergency. And so we're pulled and we're dragged away from that pause. I, I'm not talking about those kinds of things in life that happened to us. I'm talking about those times where we have a choice. Martha chose to be pulled away. and Mary chose to be with Jesus. And so if we choose, scripture tells us, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he will give us everything else. If we choose to let our lives be centered around him, Alex said, Everything else will flow from that choice. Making sure it fills the gaps. And then everything else fits in. And then you know what? Even at the end of the day, we can enjoy our favorite pastime or our favorite drink in the presence of Jesus. And we find abundant life he gives us for life. When I choose to fill myself up on these empty things first, I don't have that abundant life in Christ. So one of the reasons that we don't sit at his feet is we get pulled away by distractions and worries and anxieties. Secondly, we don't choose to make time with Jesus a priority, connecting with Jesus a priority. Jesus points out that Mary made a choice. Few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken away from us, from her, or us. Um, we, we all have the same amount of hours in the day. We all have those ping pong important things that have to be done. 
Um, but we all also have choice about what we're going to do and when we're going to do it. And sadly, many have chosen to follow Jesus, but their lives don't reflect that he is a chosen priority. Their lives reflect that work is a priority, family is the main priority, family, friends, sport, entertainment, even serving God at church is more important than their relationship with God himself. I'm not saying those things aren't important, but Christ must be our center. When we choose to make Jesus a priority, we'll find that we have room for those other things. But if we don't, it's gonna be to our spiritual detriment. Jesus says that what Mary chose would not be taken away from her. You know, these worldly pursuits and accolades and achievements won't last. They'll pass away. The only thing that will last is our intimate relationship with Jesus. And if it's not a priority, then it's to our spiritual detriment. So we will have to choose to say no to some good things so that we can say yes to what is best. And then thirdly, we don't realize the incredible benefits of practicing this essential pause. Some people will say, you know, I've tried, I've paused and tried to connect with Jesus, but you know, he didn't speak to me, so it doesn't work. Or I didn't hear from him, so it doesn't work. Or, you know, that Bible passage was boring. Um, but you know, one piece of Lego, or Duplo is an absolute pain. If you don't believe me, stand on it in the middle of the night and you'll know what I'm talking about. But when you take a whole ton of pieces of Lego, you can build a masterpiece. Uh, this is made by a young boy in our church, uh, Rourke Payne, he really has a gift. I went into his bedroom and he has a ton of masterpieces made out of a whole lot of little pieces of Lego. And so if you and I choose to take a pause, an essential pause and another essential pause over and over in the day, through the day, not just that little time in the morning, God can use that to benefit our lives and to build a beautiful masterpiece out of us that brings him glory and honor. A friend of mine just shares an example of the benefits of these pauses. She came out of a business meeting hugely triggered by something that had happened. And um, she, she had an extended time with Jesus afterwards. And she says she came away just with such wisdom, such peace, a greater perspective on why she was triggered and able to go forward and handle that situation. My prayer today my deep desire for all of us is that we realize the huge benefits and how essential this is because by his divine power, God has given you, has given, not past tense, not future tense, has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself. Right now, you and I have everything that we need for living a godly life. But as we spend time with Jesus, as we come to know and love him more, we can continually tap into everything that we need. Psalm 119 shows what you can benefit from God's word. If you need advice, it gives you counsel. 
If you're unhappy, you can find joy. If you're anxious, peace. If you're struggling with the lies around you, needing truth, it's in his word. Comfort in affliction. And so much more is found in God's word. Mary and Martha also benefited themselves from God's word. And we can learn from them how to have a balanced life. So as people hear the story, often through the Mary Martha story, it's like, you know, contemplation in God's presence is elevated above service. That isn't what Jesus is doing here. The passage before, he speaks about the Good Samaritan and how he served in love. So God values service. But what Jesus is saying here is that our intimate relationship with him is priority and anything, including service, that distracts from that is a problem. And our intimate relationship with him, it's through that that service will flow out and then it will be healthy. Pete Scazzera encourages us to regularly ask ourselves, is our being with Jesus sustaining our doing for Jesus? I have a friend whose family sadly broke up because his wife chose to serve at church at the expense of their family. I don't believe that's necessarily God's way at all. And so sitting at his feet enables us to balance our service of, of God and others in a healthy way and through his strength. So we have a balanced life. Secondly, we overcome our sinful selves. When Martha comes and brings her resentment and irritation before Jesus, he's able to point her to a better way. And if we are struggling or you are struggling with resentment, unforgiveness, lack of motivation, laziness, gluttony, greed, addiction, the list goes on and on, the way to overcome our sin is in the presence of Jesus, who is our ever-present help. And then thirdly, we gain Christ's approval. Jesus praised and, and, and really affirmed Mary, despite her sister's huge anger at her and her going against cultural norms. And you and I live in a world where there's such pressure to people please, to fit in, to constantly be performing to earn others' approval, be it on social media, be it at school or at work, wherever it is, there's this insatiable audience that wants um, us to you know, please them, and it's impossible. And so in, at the feet of Jesus, we can let go of that striving and find our worth, hear him speak words of unconditional love, acceptance, and approval, just like he did over Mary. You know, that night on Montessorsis years ago, I realized how essential a winter sleeping bag was in the cold. On another night on that same mountain, I realized how essential a proper tent without holes is when it rains because I was soaked. We are on a spiritual journey, a wonderful journey, and Jesus invites us to be sustained to be equipped for that journey by feasting on all of the good things that he has for us. And his deep desire is that we won't come short like I did on that mountain, terrible discomfort and agony. His desire for us is to have all that we need. 
but it's, it's so vital for us to say no to some good things so that we won't be dragged away and to make Jesus' time a priority, connecting with him a priority. A friend of mine I invited to attend a small group leader training and um, he said to me, listen, I'm gonna be late for that training. And I was a little bit confused and he said, well, first thing in the morning I commit time to Bible study and prayer and between six and seven in the evening every day I commit time to spend time with Jesus. And I was like, wow, surely you can just skip it for a day. Um, but he, he came late. But he had made a priority and said no to some good things so that he could get the best thing. And he came and he benefited and we benefited from his company at the training. So he didn't miss out. And was such an example to me in terms of being intentional not being dragged and pulled away from the number one essential thing, being with Jesus. And then we experience those incredible benefits. So we're gonna end the service today with an essential pause. I'd like you to close your eyes, be comfortable in your chair, maybe put your feet flat in front of you, maybe you wanna put your hands as though you're gonna receive. Breathe in and out slowly and deeply. Start focusing on Jesus. Center your thoughts on him. Perhaps you can picture yourself in a room at home where there are no distractions and it's just you and Jesus. If your thoughts wander, just keep saying, Jesus, Jesus. Or hear him say, beloved child, beloved child. As you sit with Jesus, he asks you, what is your biggest enemy in spending time with me? What's pulling you away from me? Talk to Jesus about that. Jesus asks you, what do you need to commit to doing to spend time with me, to connect with me? And is there a friend who can support you or hold you accountable in this?
Lord Jesus, we cannot thank you enough this morning for the banquet you invite us to. You are our bread of life, our living water. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, that we can be sustained by you, that you've given us all we need for life and godliness. But Lord, we're so sorry that we get dragged away by important things or silly things. And we don't make you a priority. Forgive us, Lord, for where you're sitting at that banqueting table waiting for us to join you and we don't show up. So sorry, Lord. The decisions each of us have made as we connected with you now, Lord, will you, by your Holy Spirit, help us to make you that number one priority. Time with you is essential, Lord, because we thank you that there's so many benefits from it. Help us, we pray in your precious name. Amen. I want to encourage you that if you are not sure how to spend time at Jesus' feet and you want some tools, please speak to one of us as staff. We'd love, love, love to help you in this incredible journey. Find sustenance. May you go throughout today connected and having lots of essential pauses with Jesus. God bless.